Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 26 minutes now to 9 the time. Time for your Mediated Conversation this Thursday morning. Over the last few weeks, there's been a huge focus on education. Schools went back last week, then came the metric results. Now, of course, we're looking at higher education, whether the system will be able to absorb all of the people who want to study and try and change their lives. But education and teaching have changed dramatically over the last few years, partly because of the COVID-19 pandemic. One of the big changes has been a move from almost every single child in a classroom at a school to some children learning online. And of course, there's always been homeschooling in some way. But that often includes parents or even children from the surrounding area learning together rather than simply learning online. So then are we seeing a change in the way that children are being taught and what are the results of this change? First, Bova van der Eems is the chair of the Pestalozzi Trust. They specialize in helping people to homeschool their children. Then, Professor Ramadangwane Tabane is the director of the School of Educational Studies at UNISA. And Sarah Hoffman is a parenting expert and co-founder of the uh, company Clicked. She looks at the impact of a digital life on children. We start then with the chair of the Pestalozzi Trust, Bova van der Eems. Bova, good morning and thanks for your time. Good morning and good morning for the listeners. During the pandemic, we saw many parents having to play a bigger role in the education of their children. Has that led to an increase in the number of children studying at home after the pandemic? Yes, most certainly. So in, in, in from various statistics, we can see that I think the, <clears throat> the number of uh, children educated at home has, has sort of doubled during the, the pandemic. And, and we thought that after the pandemic, it, it will, people will start going back to school. But that going back to school was much less than we expected. So it was a, a quantum leap that edu- home education took during the pandemic. Do you make a distinction between homeschooling and online education, or do you see them as sort of part of the same thing? No, no, they, they are two distinct, thing, distinct things. So if you, if you just look at a traditional school, a traditional school, in effect, provides two uh, services. Firstly, it provides supervision and care of the child. So as soon as the child walks through the gate of the school, that child is under the supervision and care of the school. And then the school also delivers the curriculum. So so in home education, the parents provide the supervision uh, and care to the child. They might also deliver the curriculum, but they can also choose to use an online resource like an online school to deliver their curriculum of the parents, but the children remain under the supervision and care of 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 the parents. So that is the the criteria for distinguishing between home education and and, and institutional education. And and home uh, with online schools is just a a resource that parents can use in the home, but it can also be used in institutions to pr- to deliver the curriculum. So when people are homeschooling their children, sometimes they'll be using, you know, they'll have an online curriculum. What other systems are they using? I mean, I I imagine that most people don't have the time to spend sort of seven hours a day uh, teaching their children directly face to face. We might all want to do that, but very few people do. Uh, Well, firstly, you don't need seven hours a day 
to deliver the curriculum in a home in education environment because the, you don't have all those inefficiencies that you've got in the school, like moving from one class to the another and disciplining. So, so often you find you can you can finish your home education in three hours, where schools take seven hours to do that. So that's the first point. Secondly, they using a diversity of of curriculums and educational approaches. So yet you've got Cambridge and, and and so on on the traditional side, but you've also got totally different educational approaches like classical education, unit studies, uh, had, um, child-led education, etc. And and then thirdly, um, in a had, in a school you need teachers to deliver the curriculum, but at at home you can use homeschool curriculums that have got everything worked out in detail and makes life for parents much easier. So you don't need to be a qualified teacher to 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 deliver the curriculum because the the curriculums have been designed to be used by parents at home. I imagine that in most cases, the children that uh, go through homeschooling in South Africa, they end up having to write an exam. Some of them might write, write this with Cambridge, but I presume many of them will write the National Senior Certificate or the IEB. Are there numbers that look at how well they do? Is it possible to compare how well homeschooled children do and how well children who went to school have done? Um, no, I'm not aware of such statistics in terms of how well they do in the the metric uh, um, results. So, so I, I don't have that uh, statistics. But in America, there there's a lot of research done in home education, and and the general trend is that home home learners do as good or better in general than children that attend schools. So um, is that the advantage? Is that why people do it? I know people have lots of different reasons for homeschooling. It takes a lot of time and effort. Um, education is also free in most schools in South Africa. So what is the advantage? Why do people do it? Oh, there's a diversity of reasons, but at, at one of the big advantage of home education is that every child can progress at its own pace. So that makes it more suitable for children with special needs, or, or um, children with uh, that are sort of uh, gifted, so the gifted child can progress faster, and the special uh, need child can go at at his pace. So they don't get behind, or they don't get bored. Um, furthermore, the, the education can be tailored to the needs of the child, to the interest of the child, and and the, also then uh, many parents do it for ideological reasons, for religious reasons. They want to transfer their values to their children, and they they don't agree with the values transferred by the government curriculum. Um, there is an argument against homeschooling, and Bova, I don't want to fight with you, but I suspect that the argument may come up from one of our guests later. So let me put it to you so that you can respond to it. So an argument would go that children should be socialized to live in South Africa. If they go to schools, they'll meet a much more diverse group of people at school than they could ever meet at home, that they should grow up with other people who they will become adults with and go through their lives with, that the schooling system can also pick up problems at home. So, for example, a child is being abused, for example, a teacher might often pick that up, and that that does happen very often. So those would be some of the arguments against homeschooling. How would you respond to that kind of critique? Okay, so there are two two arguments. The first one is the socialization argument. And I think every parent will agree with you that, that children do need socialization. And that's why parents uh, 
make a lot of effort to make, to to arrange that your children socialize with with other children outside the home so so it's it's often a misconception that when you are doing home education the child is at home all the time it's often not the case uh, well yeah so 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 parents organize via whatsapp and via facebook they organize support groups and different families come together uh and do field trips and and just socialize and come together in parks and so on so uh, via that mechanism uh home home learners can socialize with with other people and and i think those those groups you'll find are often more diverse than 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 the school environment and 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 the other advantage of that type of socialization is in those support groups uh, the home learners socialize with other people of different ages so so they've got a sort of much more vertical uh, socialization where at school you you mainly socialize with children of the same age and 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 again unfortunately there's very little research in south africa but this research in the usa shows that when it comes to socialization home learners do as well or better than children that attend schools so now the second issue is the matter of abuse and yes the, it, it is theoretically possible that that children that are abused at home can be picked up uh, by by children but often it's it we had many children are abused and uh, while going to school so whether that mechanism works very efficiently is questionable but on the other side there are many what you call in terms of the children's act compulsory reporters doctors mm. uh psychologists etc if they see abuse they have to report it and on on the other side yes they they, they might be the odd case of abuse at home under the um the smoke screen of home education but there's a high incidence of abuse at schools and with bullying and drugs and and mm. and pit latrines and what you call and and many ch parents take their children from the school because they view the home as a safer environment mm. as the school Vorever van der Eerems, thank you. Chair of the Pestalozzi Trust. They support homeschooling. You are with SAFM, 16 minutes to nine. Continue your mediated conversation around homeschooling, online education, and traditional schooling. Uh, Professor Ramadangwane Tabane is the Director of the School of Educational Studies at UNISA. Professor Tabane, good morning and thank you for your time. Good morning and thanks for having me, Mr. Khrotas. Most of us have grown up in a schooling system. There are now other ways to get an education, including homeschooling, online learning. Is the schooling system necessarily better than the other systems? Not necessarily. It's all about the opportunities that are given. You've just indicated the pros and the cons of both systems with uh, your, your, first, your first speaker. So it's all about how do we make the best of the situation or the schools that we take our kids in. Does face-to-face -face education matter? Is that always better than a screen? It's always better. Face-to-face -face is always better in all aspects where there's human interaction. Um, because with that, you learn to see and read the cues. Um, I will make an example with one of the disorders, autism spectrum disorder, 
where queues are not will not be able to be picked when it's online um where else if it's in a classroom as the the, the, the guest indicated it's in a classroom format where there is face-to-face -face interaction the mediator being the teacher can definitely see and can definitely assist in such situations because such kids um, will definitely require far much more intense and more specialized teaching. Um, I suppose for most people, the first thing they think about when they think of education is actually what their children learn, right? Schools and education systems do do other things, though. So, so is education mm. just part of it? I mean, I spoke about sort of socializing and diversity of socialization earlier. Um, do we need to think of education as a little bit more than just learning the curriculum? Education, it's more than just learning in a, a, a curriculum. Education teaches uh, you how to interact. It teaches you how to behave yourself within a social norm. Um, when we uh, sit and we, uh, as, as psychologists with a, a client, one of the prescripts that we really need to take care of is how do you operate, how do you function in different settings? And education provides that in that but in that one day where you would have interaction with a learner from a different family, a learner who comes with different uh, 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 norms, and you have to test your norms, what you were taught against that learner, and you are having a teacher, like I said, a mediator who moves between and indicate what is a social norm that is accepted by the government, what is a social norm that is accepted by the people around. So school gives you that opportunity because of you interact with more than just um the bubble that uh you find yourself in as the previous caller indicated that it's the parents who decides who you interact with who you socialize with who you play with what type of activities you do whereas with the school the government looks at south africa in in this case and say what do we need what needs to happen how do we make a society and produce children who will be able to function for the society. Um, children who are learning through online learning, and, and there are many children doing that now, do they need particular support? It's more than just the online classes. Do they need other support as well? Uh, all children will need different kinds of support. Look, I'm not ravishing the, the uh, online support that we get, like the material that we can get. Um, and, and can enhance learning. But the support like uh, therapy, like educational psychology inter in intervention, those will always be will always be needed. Um, we see more parents, I think, looking at these alternative systems. So they also need to take into account what kind of children they have. I mean, some children uh, can do really quite well without guidance. Those tend to be girls rather than boys, in my experience, Professor. Mm -hmm. um, some children need a really disciplined environment. Do you need to sort of know your child really well before you make any kind of decision on this? Is it a schooling environment, a face-to-face -face normal school environment gives you that opportunity to know who this child is? Because if you remember, this child was put within other elements and the character of this particular child of yours comes out. That's when you learn um, the do's and the don'ts and the highs, the sensitivities of this particular child. And school face-to-face -face gives that opportunity for the teachers to also communicate what they see, how the child relates with other elements that he, she has no control over. So it is very important 
for parents to always be on the alert. Yes, you can go to settings like church, where it gives an opportunity to see if the child is in, is, is in Sunday school. Luckily, we don't have homeschooling Sunday school yet, hmm. or online Sunday schooling. Um, so that, that gives that opportunity. Um, maybe when family comes in, but then again, it is that bubble I was referring to. So a parent will have to be on the to be on the alert, to be able to see and follow all the developmental stages of this child. And in most cases, um, depending on the on 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 the social starter, of course, when uh, one of the parents can choose not to go to work and and offer. The, the 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 teaching themselves or they become the the the, the overseer and off and hire a tutor so it depends on situation but yes a child need to be followed up until they reach a level of serious dependency and as prescribed by the law which is the age of 18. some children professor really hate school they hate the discipline <laughs> they hate the are you, are you are you referring to me Stephen, in no. some way <laughs> no, no, to myself and um, no. don't cut aspersions <laughs> but some people really can't stand it they hate everything about it how do you manage a situation like that i mean should you look at moving away from a traditional school but then you're asking that same child to sort of discipline themselves at home and uh, that's quite difficult too Yes, um, like you said, your, your previous question in terms of the knowing of the child, and the child will definitely tell you or show you who they who they are. Um, schooling might be hated because of the circumstances and the activities negative in most instances that happen around around that. The fact that we might not have uh, taught our child the independence that is required for that particular age that you know there is eight hours that you will not be with mommy or with daddy you're, you're, you're going to interact with others and therefore they might hate that because of separation anxiety but it is for us as parents to teach them to separate from 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 this this protected and, and environment there might be issues of bullying as you said earlier on in the school but the, the same bullying can happen at at home and um, there might be the issue of performance um, that in, in the school format, remember, there will be a competition with your peer or else at home, it is competition with the expectation of that particular one parent or a tutor. So um, the, the pressures differ, but the pressures are there, but there are lots and lots of circumstances that can make a child not to be interested in sitting and learning, be it home, or be it in a normal school format or traditional format, uh, Mr. Krotas. Stephen, please. Professor, thank you so much. Professor Ramadan Tabane is the Director of the School of Educational Studies at UNISA. In a moment, uh, Sarah Hoffman, the digital parenting expert. You with SAFM, eight minutes to nine. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continue your mediated conversation around home education, online schooling, and traditional schooling this morning. Sarah Hoffman is the co-founder of Clicked and a, par- a digital parenting expert. Sarah, good morning. Thanks for your time. Morning, Stephen, and Happy New Year. Lovely to be back on your show. And to you, if you have online schooling or even home uh, a, a home education with screens, you end up with a child looking at a screen all day. Is that a good thing for a child? So, Stephen, I think it, it calls to the question which we get asked to click almost every day how much screen time must i allow my child because there's you know a lot of hysteria and we know about all the dangers of being online and you know the distraction and the addiction and all all the dangers that come with being online but i think to answer your question it's 
worth looking at what the research says about how much screen time is a good idea or is is suitable and the original research that came out you know when screens became started becoming such a big part of our lives was by the very clever folks at the american academy of pediatrics and in the beginning they released very rigid guidelines they said from 0 to 18 months no screen time at all and from 18 months to two years only space time with granny and from two to five one hour day etc etc but that research has been turned upside down because of the digital age that we live in, because we are doing things like having entire school days online and because we're using the screens as part of our everyday life. And the question we need to ask ourselves now to answer your question in a very roundabout way is not how much screen time should I allow my child, but rather what is the screen displacing? What is the screen displacing in my child's day? So in other words, is my child, even if they're doing their schooling online, which you know we've heard from the other speakers is, is increasing in popularity, are they still getting everything they need developmentally to grow and thrive? So are they still getting time outside? Are they still getting um, exercise and physical exercise? Are they still socializing? Are they still seeing sunlight? Are they getting enough sleep? Are they doing their homework? The minute the screen starts eating into those core components that your children need developmentally to grow and thrive, then it becomes problematic. So we need to balance the time on screen, even, you know, even if it's, but, but the thing is we can't count, um, we can't look at screen time in the same way as we typically have if a child is learning online. Well, one of the things I remember from being in a class, I mean, primary school and high school, was the sort of comments, the sort of nonsense that you would get up to, um, the way that a teacher would sometimes be able to really control a class and make sure there was learning, even if the class didn't really want it. Things like that are all around face-to-face communication. You know, the teachers had control because of the face-to-face communication. I can't imagine how, I mean, a, a normal Zoom call with adults is chaos enough. I can't imagine what it's like with children. It certainly does require a whole new skill set for an educator and for the teachers. And I want to say a couple of things. Firstly, I've seen, you know, we, we do at Clicked, we have an entire curriculum teaching kids how to manage their online worlds and how to be responsible digital citizens. And the schools that we work with, we've certainly seen kids come up with very creative ways of causing all sorts of havoc and chaos in an online environment, never mind in the classroom. But the one thing I do want to, the other thing I wanted to say about the online schooling environment is that those scenarios, whether it's children being naughty in class and learning how to manage and learning how to be disciplined, or whether it's, you know, more day-to-day social interactions like the disappointment of not being chosen for a team or social dynamics that like exclusion, what parents really do need to do if they have opted for an online learning uh, path is to find scenarios where those children are able to learn to navigate those social dynamics in an offline environment, whether it's through a sports club, whether it's through other social offline environments. There, it seems that the world is is not quite moving in the direction of online uh, education as quickly as maybe we thought it would during the pandemic. It almost seems to be moving back a little bit. Are we still maybe just not quite sure what the right thing to do is? In other words, it's going to be a little while before we know how effective this is. And one of the things we'll need, obviously, is about a decade of metric results to, to judge and assess by. Absolutely. I mean, it still is, it, it is a new-ish method of an option of education, but it definitely is increasing in popularity. 
because you know what we're seeing is the unbundling of education and in terms of value for money you know in a in a traditional school environment you're paying for your child to, to utilize everything which they may or may not use you're paying for your child to use the hockey court and to use the tennis you know the, the sorry the hockey field and the tennis court and perhaps your child isn't sporty at all whereas in this model you know we've seen businesses come forward and able to really just offer exactly what your child is getting so they're getting that small um focused learning group and uh, you know it's really from a, a financial value for money perspective it is it's really is a good option um but what it does mean is your child is exposed to the online dangers that are part and parcel of being in the online world in a far more concentrated way, far more frequent way. And it means that if your child is going to be in that environment, they absolutely need to urgently be upskilled in how to navigate all the dangers that come with being part of the online world. Sarah Hoffman, thank you. Co-founder of Clickta, digital parenting expert. My thanks also to Professor Ramadan Tabanet, Director of the School of Educational Studies at UNISA. And starting us off today, the chair of the Pestalozzi Trust that looks at, at home education, and they support it, Bova van der Eems. Well, it's an interesting conversation. I'm sure it won't be the last one we have on this subject.